Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Eric Hansen, Senior Leader of Destiny Church. This message continues in our series entitled, Walk the Talk. Join in as we examine Jesus's example and understand the importance of forgiving others. Following the message, take a look at the episode description to see scripture references, as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. We're in a series called Walk, Walk Your Talk, and uh, today we're talking about forgiveness, and we've spoken about the hurting and the hungry, and last week we talked, we, uh, I preached a sermon entitled Whip and Flip, and, and today we're talking about forgiveness, and the whole idea is here that uh, Jesus spoke a lot about these topics, but what were his actions as it relates to these topics, because actions speak louder than words. So that's the, the impetus behind the, uh, the series, Walk the Talk. And today, talking about forgiveness, it's really connected to everything we do as a Christian, because that's why we sit here today, is because we're forgiven. I mean, it's pivotal in all that we do. And therefore, it's key to uh, the four um, statements that we have on the wall out in the foyer, to live, connect, grow, and go. Um, when you forgive, those things happen. And uh, being a pastor, I've had to master forgiveness. I've had a master's class in forgiveness for the last 30 years of ministry, and, and uh, so I've had a lot of practice. It's like patience. It's one of those things, if you pray for it, look out, right? I'm not saying don't pray for patience, but if you say, oh, Lord, help me to be a good forgiver, you've just set yourself up for being used and abused uh, because that's gonna give you opportunity to forgive people, right? And so that's what we're gonna talk about today and uh, I won't be before you long, I don't think. So let's, let's begin with the idea that Jesus, of course, taught a lot on this and of course, that's words. In Matthew chapter six, the most famous prayer, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and... For the glory and the power, amen. No, forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, just the way that I forgive other people. Doggone it, that's there, isn't it? We want to skim read. We want to use a black sharpie sometimes because we've got attitudes towards people. But that's Jesus' teaching. He taught it. Well, the the, uh, apostles need a little clarification on that. So a few verses later in Matthew chapter 18, Peter came to Jesus and said, hey, Lord, um, that whole forgiveness thing, how many times do I need to do that? How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? How about seven times, the biblical number for completeness? Jesus answered, verse 22 of Matthew 18, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. It's like he puts on Buzz Lightyear's outfit and says, to infinity and beyond. So there's no end to that level of forgiveness that you've gotta have. So we start out with the teaching in the Lord's Prayer. That's his words. Then he brings clarification to what he means. He's just not saying this is a one and done. This is you gotta continue to forgive. That's some more words. That wasn't enough, so we had to tell a story. We call those parables. 
And so we're gonna keep reading. This is immediately after that. He says in Matthew 18, 23, he gives, a, he gives an illustration now. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Then he began the settlement, the man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered him and his whole family to be thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Verse 26, the servant said, no, 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 no. He fell on his knees. Please be patient with me, he begged. I'll pay back everything, I promise. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled, not just said, oh, you know, we'll delay it for a while. You're still gonna have to pay me. I'm just gonna, we're gonna forget it. We're just gonna cancel it. So he canceled the debt and he let him go. But then that servant went out and he found his fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii. Now keep, keep in mind uh, the 10,000 talents and the 100 denarii. And he grabbed him, I'm pretty sure by the neck, because he began to choke him. And he said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees. And he began to beg just like he had done to the, to the master. Be patient with me, I'll pay you back. But he, verse 30, refused and instead he went off and the man had the man thrown into prison who couldn't pay. And when the other servants saw what had happened, what'd they do? They went and told the master, hey, the guy that you forgave, he's not forgiven. He's not given forgiven debts. Then the master called the servant in, verse 32. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have the same mercy? Shouldn't you forgive as I've forgiven you? This is all in context of the Lord's Prayer, a little more clarification, 70 times 77, and now here's a story. Shouldn't you forgive just like I had mercy on your fellow servant, verse 34. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. So we have 100 denarii and we've got, uh, no, no, 10,000 talents and 100 denarii. A denarii is four grams of silver. He owed 100 of those. The first guy, 10,000 talents. A talent is 75 pounds. So I did the math in silver, because gold is just too big. So the, the silver, the four grams, times 100 is 400 grams. 28 grams in an ounce. Let's not get bogged down in the super details. What you end up with is less than one pound of silver, 14 ounces of silver, 100 denarii. Uh, so that's, did the math, $308. You owe $308. The guy who uh, had 10,000 talents at 73 pounds of talent, multiplied that out, $210 million. So the first guy was forgiven $210 million 75 pounds of talent versus a guy that just, just owed a, a, a few hundred grams of silver. I think Jesus was making a point. So he used some words, he clarified, spoke a parable. Then he goes on and he gives the consequences. So we're changing things now. He told us, he taught us, Lord's Prayer, gave a little more clarification, told a story about it, and he's still sensing some pushback, so now he's gonna give, at the end of the parable, he's gonna give the consequences of not doing what he said to do, which is this, verse 35, keep reading. This is how my Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. 
That's not when you slapped your sister and your parents said, tell Sarah you're sorry, tell Lucy you're sorry. No, you're not sorry, you just said sorry. This has gotta be a heart sorry, like I'm really sorry. So that's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. We do have a supreme, a supreme example, right? Because this is a sermon series entitled Walk the Talk. Up to this point, up until number five, we've just had a lot of words. Jesus' teaching, his clarification, the parable, the consequences. But now Jesus is our superhero. He is Buzz Lightyear, right? He's saying this is what it's gonna be. He modeled it for us. You know, like, a, like on the runway, the supermodel. Here's this set of clothes. Let me walk down. Let me turn around so you get a good look at this. How did he do it? Well, he was bloodied. He was beaten. That's enough to kind of get you angry. Somebody takes your parking spot. You want to flip them off? Come on. Get, let's talk real here for a second. Somebody beat him. Bloodied him. Pulled his beard out. Spat on him. Laid his hands out, drove spikes through his hands and his feet, hung him on a cross, and he says this, verse 34 of Luke 23, Father, forgive them. He's walking the talk. Everything he taught, everything he said weren't, weren't hollow words just for, for us to keep. He did it himself. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing as they divided up his clothes and they cast lots. When you forgive someone, you're not, you're not um, validating, you're not approving their actions. You gotta get that. You're actually rising above it. You're transcending, you're going higher than that. So that's, that's the litany of events that we have that bring us to a place of forgiveness. Now, of course, Jesus suffered, died, but rose again, he resurrected. Now, Paul comes on the scene, has an encounter with Jesus, who was greatly forgiven. He says this, so now we're gonna add a little cherry, a little marshino cherry on the top of the whipped cream and tell you what Paul has to say about this in Colossians 3.13. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. To forgive means to pardon and to rescue. You're actually rescuing them and showing them kindness. As I said, I've had a, a, a great life and one filled with the opportunity for, to forgive a lot of people, as I'm sure you have too. Um, I don't know where your forgiveness journey begins. I mean, I was a, a kid, and I can certainly tell you how somebody offended me when I was a little kid, but I guess the opportunity to really begin to walk my Christian talk was uh, forgiving my parents for their divorce. I mean, that's, that's significant. And maybe some of you have even haven't, if you've been in that situation, haven't forgiven your mom for what she did, haven't forgiven your dad for what they did. Well, let me just put you in this place. You don't know the whole story. You don't know the whole story. Well, they told me. They told you their perspective of the story, right? So this is not proving who is right. Please get this. It's so important. It's not proving who is right. But, but, but the last word, stop with that. Just forgive. 
And that's where I began uh, with my father. And I go into the story and I'm feeling all kind of emotional just bringing it up to you. Because I'm not a crier. Jeremy should be very happy right now. I'm about to... (laughs) Jeremy's a crier, which is great. Hold on a second. Let me suck those tears back. Just a second. There, I'm better now. Right, Aaron? Right. But to say, I forgive you, or to walk in forgiveness without trying to prove somebody was right or somebody was wrong has nothing to do with right and wrong. You're not affirming what they did. You're not denying what they did. You're simply saying, I'm not gonna carry that emotional baggage anymore. So that was a big deal for me. Um, I was upset with my mainline denominational church after I got saved because they never told me the truth. So I had a great wedgie toward my denominational truth, my denominational upbringing when I first got saved. I, was needed, I needed to walk in forgiveness. And like I said, you know, being a, being a pastor, I mean, I had a, my very first deacon meeting, my very first deacon meeting, not here, this is, I was pastoring uh, just a little rural church, my very first church, my senior year of school. Uh, we were driving two hours to this little rural community called Blue Earth, Minnesota. And it was a very tiny little town, uh, 4,200 people, not a stoplight in the town. And my very first board meeting, I'm commuting back and forth, I have this board meeting, and two of my deacons like start yelling at each other in my very first board meeting. And that they caused all kinds of problems, um, very strong-willed individuals, uh, but we worked through that, forgave them um, for the difficult, I came to Springfield 25, 30 years ago uh, for my, this, the second and only other church I pastored. Uh, and um, I had a deacon lie to me. We were making some decisions, and he said, yes, he was in agreement. And then I heard him say out in the hallway, he didn't agree with it. I was standing around the corner. And he was wagging his tongue to somebody, telling him how he didn't like what I was doing and didn't, like, didn't agree with what I was doing. Where 10 minutes before in the meeting, it was like, yeah, pastor, that's great, that's awesome. So we had a little conversation about that. And um, he, he got all upset and sideways. I forgave him. He left the church. And then, uh, gosh, I wasn't planning on telling you this. About, mm, now it would have been about 10 years ago, I got a phone call from a nursing home and the nurse on the phone said, this man's about to die and he wants to talk to you. Would you talk to him? And he uttered out the words, will you please forgive me? And he died. I said, of course I forgive you. I've forgiven you a long time ago. I had a deacon uh, leave, start churches. Deacons lie on me. Uh, Associate pastor, leave, lie on me. I mean, just crazy stuff. So I've got really good practice at this. <laughs> really good practice. I mean, I, I heard recently, uh, this is not for you to, you know, oh, poor you, Eric. No, I have a fantastic life. Um, I have a wonderful life. And, but the average person has like seven traumatic events like that in their life where a pastor has seven a year. <laughs> I mean, think of that. You're going to have to get used to forgiving people. And some people, they carry it for so long, they come like this gentleman that had to call me or whatever. And pastor, you know, you said that one. I don't remember what I said. I've already 
I just forget. And I have an ability because I think I've worked this muscle over the years um, to just put it in a shoebox, forget it, and just, like, I don't remember even this. Well, I don't even remember the circumstance. That's where you have to get to, all right? I'm telling you, I'm telling you that if you don't learn to exercise this muscle, you're gonna be a very bitter person. You're gonna be a very sad person. You're gonna be a lonely person. But until you get to a place of, listen, I forget. Now, please understand, I'm not a counselor. I know the wonderful counselor. But when someone injures you, harms you, does something verbally, physically to you, and you say, I forgive you, that's not necessarily welcoming them back in your life to continue to be toxic and harm you. I can love you from over here. I forgive you. Yeah. Okay. An example I'd like to use um, is one that we can all really associate with. You hire someone to do something at your house. You want, you want them to build a deck. You want them to lay concrete. You want them to put carpet in your house. You want them to paint a wall, whatever. And so you hire this person and they come and they do a horrible job. They just do a terrible job, right? So you go, and they said, let me, let me do it. No, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay, I forgive you. That doesn't mean try again come back next week and clean my garage. No, it means thank you. God bless you. Move along. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward with my life. I forgive you. Really. Now move along. I'm, and then you delete them as a contact. You say, is this the truth? Well, this is how we work. This is how we should work in relationship. Some of those relationships you keep. Some of them you have to keep because they're family, doggone it. Right? This should be a good Christmas sermon, right? That old uncle so-and-so, old aunt so-and-so, they're just whatever. Listen, be Jesus in that moment. Remember, whatever affliction you're going through is not as traumatic as being nailed to a cross and being whipped and uh, being crucified. So, um, yeah, that's a lot. But as... As horrible as some of those situations are in my life, um, nothing would compare to your child being murdered. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing if you could walk in forgiveness. There's a nurse by the name of Dee Miles. Her eight-year-old daughter, Alyssa, was murdered, suffocated by her boyfriend. Um, and this is just a two-minute clip of this woman whose daughter was murdered. Let's go ahead and... Dim the lights forgive somebody. The, if the, the weight is on you and the only person that it hurts is yourself. Mm. So um, in the Our Father, I would leave out as we forgive those who trespass against us. And um, I knew there was like a sense of urgency in the power of forgiveness. But in a dream, my daughter came to me and she said, um, I've already forgiven him. And I'm thinking, he murdered you. How can you forgive him? And um, so I thought, well, I'll I'll forgive him when I'm ready. So I did, and like maybe a couple of days later, but it was like a weight lifted off your chest. The only thing that hurt was um, if you don't forgive somebody, then the only person that's hurting is you. So there is a power in forgiveness. Wow, it's incredible that you had that dream about your daughter. And of course, Raymond was, he pled guilty. He pled to a lesser charge. He was given 30 years 
in jail for assaulting your daughter and, and killing her. And it was her memory, really, that caused you so much strength in, that, in those days to come, and your faith. Yes, yes. It, like, it wasn't easy, but I had my family for support, and then I moved back to Canada at the time, so I didn't have to kind of relive the event every day. But I um, had my family, I had my faith, and I believe that's why we're here today. And I'm very fortunate to have a husband and three, three more children and um, just continue to believe in God. But my story is there's people out there that have so many stories. I'm not the only one with a tragic story. I'm a nurse and I see tragedy every day. And I think working in the emergency department, seeing other people, what they're going through, what they're dealing with, is that we're not the only ones. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something they have to go through. And I think that um, like the power of forgiveness is important. But just when you think that you're alone, you're not alone. God walks with you and you just have to ask for his help. But he, you're never abandoned. Forgiveness is never easy, she says. When you forgive someone, you set the prisoner free and you find out the prisoner was you. And it seems counterintuitive because you want to punish them as you relive that moment and you keep them in your mind, but they're just ta- they're owning space between your ears, they're renting space that they're not paying for. C.S. Lewis said to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Why? Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. When you forgive them, it doesn't fix the past. You still have the consequences of that situation. When you forgive them, it doesn't ignore the pain of the past, that it really, really hurt. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. It's still the facts. What you do and what you get to change when you forgive is your future. Holding on to anger and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. This uh, next clip, two minutes long, is of some children whose father taught them to forgive. And so let's roll out. That I would take away the most where my father is. He taught us about God, how to fear God, how to love God, and how to forgive. Yes. Each one of us forgive the killer, the murderer. You do. We we want to wrap our arms around him. We absolutely do. We don't. I honestly can say right now that I hold no animosity in my heart against this man because I know that he's a sick individual. I know that, you know, because of his sickness, whatever evil overtook him that caused him to do this to my dad is not him. It, It wouldn't be something he would typically do. And I promise you, I could not do that if I did not know God, if I didn't know him as my God and my Savior. I could not forgive that man. And I feel no animosity against him at all. I actually, I feel sadness in my heart for this man. I do. I feel real sad. All of us. And we want to, you know, we lost our dad, but this mother lost her son, um, lost her children. His children lost their dad. That's incredible, Tanya, that that, you're thinking about that, even in your time of grief, that you're thinking about them. 
it's just it's just what our parents did. Us. But it wasn't that they just taught us. They didn't talk it. They did they it. They lived it. They lived it. Like they lived people would do things to us. And we would say, Dad, are you going to really forgive them, really? And he would say, yes, we have to. So my dad would be really proud of us, and he would want this from us. He would. And he would say, Tanya, forgive them, because they know not what they do. Wow. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. Weak people don't forgive. Weak people don't forgive. You say, well, pastor, you know, listen, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm telling you that if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards anyone, you've got to get rid of it. Just get rid of it like poison. Say, listen, I'm not going to drink that anymore. And I'm actually going to forgive them. Who? Well, parents. Your children said something. Your grandparents said something. A criminal hurt you. An authority figure. A teacher. A government official. A boss. A pastor. Me. Oh, if not me, it will eventually be me. I will have said something. And, I, and I, as I said, I get a lot of practice. Asking for forgiveness, too. Not just granting forgiveness. So you've got to learn to make this part of your Christian repertoire and make it quick and easy. Not just, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And they say no. Well, then that's on them. They don't have to grant it in order to have your, your, your account cleansed. So here's the practical advice. How does this happen? Well, it can be really hard, but remind yourself Whatever it is that you went through, horrific, horrific. We're talking maybe some really bad stuff that you weren't crucified, you weren't hung on a cross. And Jesus said, I'm just not gonna tell you to forgive, watch me. And as he hung there bleeding and dying, he said, forgive them, forgive them. So here's something I have found that helps is if, you, if they've been in your life, you recall good things that they've done or said to you. See, because sometimes we have, an op, we have, we have this, we, we, we just blank out every good thing that they've ever done because they did that one really horrible thing. We have a tendency to do this in pop culture a lot. We dig, in, we dig up somebody's past and we see something that they did, that one thing that was really bad, and then we have to, I mean, I went through, this is, for you youngins, it's, it, it's gonna be difficult. For those of you who are a little bit older, uh, Sandy, Patty, uh, who's the other, uh, Amy Grant, when they have marital problems and there's a divorce or whatever, we, we stop playing their music on the radio. We like excommunicated them from the church. We wouldn't, forgi we wouldn't forgive them as a culture. We will punish you and not pay your music, play your music because you did this bad thing. Anybody? So we do this in real life too. I'm gonna punish you. You're not punishing anybody but yourself. So listen, I forgive you. And you may have to stay over there because I'm gonna stay over here, but I forgive you. I'm not gonna carry, I'm not gonna strap a dead corpse to my body and carry it around with me all day long. Can't do it. So you try to recall the good things they've done. Make a list of the blessings that you've received from the Lord 
And the top of that list is what? Forgiveness. Then you remember the parable. Then you remember the teaching. Then you remember the explanation. Then you remember the consequences. And then you remember his example. And you say, I've got to forgive this person. And it's not always easy. I'm not telling you it's always easy, but it's a, it's a muscle that you can develop. And if you carry that anger and that unforgiveness for a long, long time, like Carrie, uh, Corey Ten Boom did, Corey Ten Boom, she went to her Lutheran pastor and said, I, I wanna forgive the Nazis for what they did. How do I do that? Whenever I forgive them, I still remember. You're still gonna have the scar. You'll still have the scar, and you might even have the memory. But he took her to the belfry of the church and he says, you know what? We pull the rope and the bell rings and when we let go of the rope, the bell still continues to ring, but it gets softer and softer and softer. And that's how those memories are. When you let go, they're gonna come back and you may have to say, I forgive them. I forgive them. Oh, I've had to, I, there's one particular person I've had to forgive mm, a thousand times. That's how deep the scar was, Right? So you go, I forgive them. Then the devil says, but what about, and you should, and, and, and revenge or whatever, and boy, I heard something bad happen to them. Yeah. Huh? Huh? You say, no. I'm actually gonna bless them. I'm saying, Lord, not only do I forgive them, but I want you to bless their life. That is really a, a sign that you have let them go. It doesn't mean the devil's not gonna come and remind you I've got scars on my body where, where, where things cut me or, or hurt me or burned me. I still have those scars today, one in the palm of my hand from a razor blade knife that slipped. What does that scar remind me? Don't do that again, stupid. Don't do that, right? So don't put yourself in some of those circumstances again. There's lessons to be learned, but you forgive. And then you step on and you say, Lord, bless them. Here it is, Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Who do you think said that? That's red letters, ladies and gentlemen. That's Jesus. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. What? Yeah. Lord, I forgive them. And Lord, I ask that you bless them. Just be so involved in their life they can't help but get on fire for you. So here's the heavy living. Here's the heavy lifting. It looks like this. Worship team, come on back, if you would, please. It looks like this. A prayer as simple as, Father, I forgive, and then you put their name in the blank. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this, so just prepare yourself. I'm preparing you right now for this opportunity. This is the actuation. This is the activation of what I've talked about. You know why? Because don't, don't just use words. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is, how, this is how it happens. Father, I forgive, fill in the blank. I surrender my anger, hurt, and need for revenge, and I place them into your hands. Where are they if they're in his hands? That means they're not in your hands anymore. Some of you are really uncomfortable. I need you to refocus just for a minute because the enemy will distract you right now because he wants you to continue to be in unforgiveness. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's pray it together out loud and you say the name. 
If you don't want to say it out loud, you don't have to say it out loud. You say it, you say it to yourself if you want. But I encourage you to say it out loud. <clears throat> and then we're, we're going to pray this prayer together. Okay? Here we go. Father, I forgive. I surrender my anger, hurt, and need for revenge. I place them into your hands and ask that you bless them. Now, maybe another name or the same name again. Father, I forgive name. I surrender my anger, hurt, and need for revenge. I place them into your hands and ask that you bless them. Surrender your anger, surrender your hurt, surrender your need for revenge. And just see yourself placing them into the Lord's hands. And if you have to say something as, 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 as simple as, Lord, now they're your problem, not my problem. I don't want that problem. I can't carry that anymore. It eats up too much space in my mind. It's too much baggage. It hinders your own forgiveness. So I place them into your hands, Lord, and ask not only that you would forgive them, but you would bless them. Bless them, Lord. Say that with me. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Let them prosper. Just put your mercy all over them, God. Remind them how good you are, God. If they're not saved, get them saved. God, if they're saved and they're in delusion, God, set their minds straight. We bless them, Lord. We just bless them. We release them to you. We're not going to carry that baggage anymore. We're going to walk in forgiveness. We're going to walk in freedom. We're going to walk in a pure heart, in a clean heart, in a good conscience. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Hannah, lead us in that chorus now, would you please?
So if you've never experienced the forgiveness of the Lord, that happens when you give your life to him and say, God, forgive me of my sins because I've got so much baggage. And when you do, you know what he does? 210 million is nothing to him. He forgives it. He says, I'm not that's going to forget about it. I'm going to cancel it. That's what he's done for you. So don't hold the $310 against somebody else. If he forgave you all of that. So Father, right now we ask that you cleanse our hearts, cleanse our lives. And if it's for the very first time, we surrender to you and we ask that you would cleanse us. We invite you into our life to be our Lord and Savior. That we would start fresh and anew today. Walking in peace and walking in forgiveness. Knowing that you're with us. You comfort us, you provide for us, you sustain us, and you do not hold anything against us any longer when we walk in forgiveness. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down front. We've got several people down front already, but the prayer team would like to come down front. They'll be facing you. If you need prayer this morning, we'd love to be able to pray with you before you go home. Walk in forgiveness this week. Walk in, be an example of Christ in your family. Moms and dads, brothers and sisters, forgiving one another. God bless you. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more information about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant, relationship. Relationship.